1: Uh, Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and I am not Klein Solo this week. He's back. He is back, and I'll tell you, it's been a great start to this show. (laughs) He is Pastor
2: Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you doing? Hey, Mike. I'm doing awesome, man. Good to be back with you. I missed you. I missed being on the program, and uh, I love what you're doing. Keep it up. (laughs)
1: You know, the numbers are through the roof the last no, I'm just
2: kidding. I'm just <laughs> they really got off no, <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding, Pastor. I missed you too. It's it's just not the same in here without you. So I'm really glad you're back. Our special guest today. He is a former multi sport athlete at West Point. Football and baseball, former Cincinnati Reds minor leaguer, and I'm excited about today's show. He is Josh Holden. Josh, how are you today?
3: I'm um, well, man. It's good to be on the show.
1: I, it's, I'm so happy that uh, we were able to to get a few minutes with you. And, and I don't know if the timing could have been better. Later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the National Anthem and... What's going on in, in Major League Sports and NFL, and I'm sure in the NBA, it's it's coming. And we're going to get your take. Being a West Point guy, I got a feeling I know where where you landed on that, but we'll we'll uh, get to that a little bit later. Josh, let's start with where you grew up, and uh, let's talk a little bit about high school time stuff like that. Sports you played?
3: Yes, I played uh, football and baseball in a kind of a suburban area in Northeast Ohio, about 30 minutes south of Cleveland in a town called Hudson and, you know, very, very, you know, normal childhood. Both of my, my parents were teachers uh, and, you know, had a, had a great upbringing with them and accepted Christ as my savior when I was 16 years old. Uh, There's a guy named John Saucier who kind of had a little, a little trick on me. (laughs) He invited me to uh, a Lions Falcons game in Detroit and it was a bunch of, uh, of other athletes that were my age. I think I was, I was, you know, 16 at the time. And he took us all into, uh, into a hotel and had one of the, uh, Falcons, uh, players come in and talk to us for a little bit. And then John asked us if we wanted to, uh, ask, uh, Jesus to be our savior. So that was, uh, when I got saved and, uh, yeah, that's, Man. Kind of my, my, uh, my, I I I my love it, man. We jumped yeah. right to it, boy. Right lo- right to I, his testimony. I, you know I, I, why? I, I love could, that,
1: Josh. That, I love it. That's cause that's what's most important. When I yeah. asked him about his high school days, I want to know what, what you know if he's playing football, basketball, baseball, running track. He goes right to John Saucier, who's been a guest on this show, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Really good one, in yeah. fact. And uh he comes who was the Falcon player, by the way?
3: Uh I believe it was Ed Smith. I don't know if you remember that name, but he was a, a tight end back in the day. Back in, like, ninety ninety four, I want to say.
1: That's not back in the day, brother. Back in, <laughs> You want to know about back in the day. Man, you got a couple of men in the studio here. They'll talk about back in the day. bob hayes i wasn't even thin and good looking in 96 it was 70s when i was thinner and good good looking that was back in the day young man don't be telling me 96 is back in the day oh man that's awesome hey josh when uh growing up uh did you uh attend church with your parents much
3: no i didn't and you know it was one of those things that i didn't uh you know it it was sort of a a, hey, we feel bad about going. To, we're not going to church, right? And so, you know, we're going to go. And you know, it was, it was, you know, a great, a great environment that we were in with the, uh, with the church that we went, to, we went to. Uh, but you know, there was really, it was more of, a am going to endure this Sunday rather than I'm going to enjoy this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I think where 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 a lot of Christians struggle is, you know, they find places that they're like, oh, this is so boring. You know, I I really can't connect with any of these people. And God didn't make church to be boring. He made it to be fun. He made it to be a a place to connect with other people. And I think that's where, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, finding, you know, a a great church to to be in that that does that exact thing, that connects people to what, you know, to other Christians, to other non-Christians, and then to what their God-given purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of believers kind of, kind of fall off and say, hey, this is maybe not for me, and, you know, I I would encourage people that, you know, that place is out there that, you know, makes the faith and makes Jesus and makes church exciting.
2: Yeah, Josh, one thing, too, that I would uh, add add on to that is, you know, so many people hear what a guy says, but I love being able to just come back, and I think believers are looking for this when they come to church, is what does God, what does the Bible say? and to mm-hmm. uh, to to really be able to focus on hey here's what God says not this is what you know this preacher or that guy thinks this is exactly what the bible says and Absolutely. and and I yep. hope I hope Josh if you're ever in, in the Milwaukee area that you'll join us at Brookside come back sit with Mike because oh, Mike uh, makes it interesting for hey, me I okay? sit I sit in the back <laughs> to the right Josh
1: Brookside Baptist come on over I've got a chair for you and uh I normally, it, it, about two minutes before the service starts, a six-foot-eight-inch guy sits in front of me. Pastor doesn't even know I'm there. He kind of looks around the guy. But, yeah, I'm telling if, if hey, if you get here in the next two years, we'll be in the Book of Romans. I'll tell you that.
3: Man. Well, you know, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because our current pastor is a uh, a native of Milwaukee. Oh, really? He's in, in Cleveland, Ohio right now. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, well, you know, my yeah. I have a son that is in Akron, and he played for Mike uh, here through high, his high school years, uh, played basketball. And uh, right, he so. he's past, he's pastoring in Akron at Grace Church in Akron.
3: Okay. He and what, ju- uh, he,
2: just, he just had Terry Bowden and the whole football team come. You'll enjoy this story, Mike. I haven't even seen you tell you this. So we had Terry Bowden come on the program. We've right. had his dad on. We've had his brother Tommy on. Yep. Well, that sets up. Kurt goes out and sees him and says, "Hey, you're on Faith in the Zone." And da 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 da. And Terry says, "Hey, I'm looking for these guys. To go to church." And so Keith sets it up. They're going to have breakfast and everything. And and he calls me. He goes, "Dad, what do I do, man? I mean, some of the because it's a multi staff church and he's and it's kind of a large mega church. He goes, some of the staffs tick that they're coming at the ten fifteen service or whatever. And I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, we're feeding them breakfast. We got hundred and thirty five guys coming." Oh, man. And, and he said, they're all ticked about it. And I said, just like the four guys that brought their crippled friend that was on the pallet to Jesus, they had to unroof the roof to get him there. I said, you will always have obstacles when you want to bring people to Jesus. So I said, yeah, just suck yeah. it up and get and, and get them there and, <laughs> and set up some more folding chairs yeah. or whatever. But I said, you'll always have obstacles. And I said, but just get them, get them there. And uh, so um, that's pretty neat, though. Uh, Who is the pastor at your church? What is his name?
3: His name is Noah Nickel. Well, I Noah. need to
1: look him up. I don't. I don't know him. Noah yep. Nickel.
3: And our, our, my, the church that I go to is King's Church in Lakewood, Ohio. That's
1: awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll look up Noah. Does he say good things about my fine city of Milwaukee?
3: Oh, he is a devout Green Bay Packers fan. So that's what I'm talking.
1: Hold on. Are really you a, are you a Bengals or a Browns fan?
3: Oh, I'm a Browns fan. Unfortunately.
1: Well, because well, you that, know that has been a tough road for I, you. I'm that was sorry, a brother. tough loss for the Bengals the other day, and not not a lot of good pro football in your neck of the woods right now.
3: No, no, we uh, rebuilding is kind of our mantra, so we uh, <laughs> embrace it and we, we wear it like a like a gold chain.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, hey, two really fine Wisconsin boys on that Cleveland Browns team. Joe Schulbert, who's really good. Joe Thomas, obviously, maybe one of the best uh, left tackles ever to play the game. Uh, a couple of the Browns. They they're uh, they're taking care of their business in Cleveland. Those are some good men.
3: Yeah, no, they. You know what? The organization I think is is doing the right thing. Uh, you know, obviously, when you tear down an organization to the studs, uh, success isn't going to happen overnight. But uh, you know, I think that they've they've got a direction. They've got a vision. And you know it's just going to take some time to for that to come to fruition.
1: You know Joe Schobert, who's a really good. Uh, I think he's playing probably inside linebacker now. He was outside linebacker for a while. He played at Waukesha West High School, Pastor, and he was going to. I want it wasn't Northern Illinois, it might have been uh, Southern Illinois, so, somewhere else. But he always dreamt about playing at Wisconsin. He was playing up in our in the uh, in the WFCA All Star Game which is in June or July up in Oshkosh. And the coaches up there called the staff at Wisconsin and said, look, this is the best player on the field. You guys are missing out on this kid. And they ended up uh, offering him a preferred walk-on. He went to Wisconsin, immediately got a got a scholarship when they found out what they were missing. And uh, he's now playing for the Cleveland Browns.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, great, he's, great yeah, he's, he's yeah. really, really good. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's talk if we can, Josh. A little bit about um, your decision. Then at the end of high school, uh, did you have some options on on where to go to play sports? I know you were a football and a baseball player. Did you have some college college offers at that point?
3: Yeah, you know what, I was uh, you know a slow white kid. You know, I was about 190 pounds, and you know I had some some light interest from some. Uh, some MAC schools, and then also some Division three programs. Uh, but, you know, I, I also uh, had an opportunity to try out with the, with the New York Yankees. And, you know, they kind of came to me and said, hey, you know, we, uh, we were interested in drafting you, but if you're, go- if you're going to West Point, you know, we're not going to waste the draft pick. And, you know, at that point, I was, you know, I, I, I guess this was a mature decision for, for an 18-year-old to say, hey, maybe I should go get a college education first. And so, you know, I ended up going to West Point and, you know, it was you know, an easy decision for me at the time. And, and definitely looking back, it was the right one for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, being able to, uh, you know, go to a first class academic institution to take sort of the burden of, of tuition off of my parents, you know, it, it sort of made it a no brainer for me.
1: Hey, Josh, last question before we get to a break. Another show that I do here at Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the fans, a high school uh, coaches show, and each week we highlight a uh, a true student athlete, somebody that takes care of their business on the court or on the field, in the classroom, in the community. To go to West Point, obviously the, the word student athlete was something that uh, that you strived at, right? You understood that it was a privilege to play sports, and Took care of all your business in the classroom.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, West Point is—I I would argue—a different environment than your normal college setting. Uh, not only are you a student athlete, but you're also—you uh, know—you're in the army, and, and so there's there's sort of that military aspect uh, to to the uh, to the experience. So it's uh, very unique and something I'm very proud of, and will uh, you know wear wear my ring with pride for the rest of my life.
1: Pastor, we're going to get to a break. other side of the break, I think uh, you need to let Josh know a little bit about Kurt, about okay. your son and what yeah. he's doing, and also talk to Josh um, about his faith and how how it was in the military mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to continue his walk mm-hmm. and walk worthy. We're talking to Josh Holden, former West Point multi-sport athlete. You don't hear a lot of those guys at that level, football and baseball. Also played with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, in their minor league system, and we're going to talk to him about that uh, later in the show. He was the first person to exercise the Army's alternative service option, and we'll find out a little bit more about that. Again, Josh Holden, our special guest. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. How you doing, Pastor? I'm
3: okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's good. Our special guest is Josh Holden, former West Point multi-sport athlete, football and baseball, former Cincinnati Reds minor leaguer. We left off segment one, uh, talking a little bit about West Point and the Army. and I know, Pastor, you're awfully proud of, of your son, Kurt.
2: Yeah, he's just about done in his training with the uh, Rangers, and so we're uh, we're looking forward to that. And so uh, it's the Army Rangers, uh, yeah. not the Texas Rangers, yeah, yeah, right? The, okay. Yeah, Army Rangers. Yeah, it's good. So if uh, I yeah.
1: can jump,
3: if I can jump in yeah. and just say something, that is a very very big deal, and you should be very very proud. And that is the Army's most challenging school that they have. So yeah, I'm getting ready. It's, it's,
2: you know, I we have missions conference the week that he graduates, and. <laughs> i told kathy i said you know i don't i don't ever really i love missions i love what we try to do with missions i told kathy i said hey if we need to go and be there for that graduation cause Cause he, need, he did he did ask us he said you Dad, need you to think, go yeah we, yep. we're we're Pass gonna to plan on. I, I,
3: I will i will buy your ticket if you have any uh, <laughs> well we, we, any we waffling back or forth the, yeah I, I, I'll, I'll i'll help
2: buy it too I, i'm telling you i appreciate you. it josh we, we're we're going to get down there and uh Spend some time with him because it, I can tell it is a big deal. I mean, hey. the, what what he's gone through, and I mean, you went through boot camp, right? I mean, even though you're at West Point, don't they take you through boot camp?
3: Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah. It's what's called cadet basic training. It's kind of a combination of boot camp and learning how to be a West Point cadet.
2: Well, he's in with several. He he said, Dad, it is one of the best leadership training. Programs in America, he said. There's a ton of West Point grads that are here with me. He goes, I got a, I got some really close friends that graduated from West Point. So, mm-hmm. so it's yep. been, it's been good. And I, and I don't take away from it either, Josh. I mean, I know it is an intense, and uh, all he wants to do is protect our country. He goes, Dad, yep. I. He goes, Dad, I am so pumped to be an American and to be a soldier. Hey, in the U.S. Army.
1: Hey, Josh, and and you're right. This is an incredible thing that Kurt's done. What makes it even more incredible is where he's come from. He was a squirrely little fella, Josh. I coached him, and I'm telling you, thirty some odd years of coaching, not many guys got out of my under my skin the way his his youngest son Kurt did, and he took so much pride in it. He took. <laughs> So much pride into making Coach McGivern turn red and get upset and then he'd give me that so, smile.
3: This is what, what parents tell me that the, the things that their kids like really get under their skin about is what makes them successful. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like that might be the case here.
1: Well, he I'm telling you, he was the youngest of the four boys. One of my favorite Kurt Keltner stories is the the older boys used to pick on him all the time and then all of a sudden he came back from, from from being gone for a year and he it's like he spent the entire year 20 hours a day lifting weights because he came back as like Hulk, <laughs> and I looked at him and his brother. He said, "I said, uh, Kurt, how you doing?" He said, "Good, sir. Good coach. How you doing?" I said, "Good." I looked at his brothers. I said, "You guys still pick on him?" And they said, "Not by ourselves, man. <laughs> if all three oh, of us are oh, here, oh. we might, but uh, uh-uh. uh, not like uh, we used uh, to." So, yeah. yeah, he he was awesome. Was that a direction, Josh, that you ever thought about going?
3: Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I. I sort of took a a baseball detour uh, in my Army career. Uh, But, you know, that's definitely something that I look back and I say, hey, I kind of wish that I had done that. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, everybody has a a point in life where they say, hey, I wish I I had done something. But, yeah, for sure, think about it every so often.
1: Hey, can you talk a little bit about, um, and, and I don't need you to get specific by any means, but maybe just what it was like, um, you, you were you two tours, and what it was like in in Iraq, and and when you were over there, I'm I'm wondering what your memories of that time is like.
3: Yeah, uh, <laughs> the it, it was like the <sighs> Wild West, man. It, it was uh, you know it, a, a country that was trying to find itself, and people that were just kind of along for the ride, and and Iraqis. Uh, you know, they are extremely, extremely generous and, and really kind people and just unfortunately caught in, in a really, really tough situation. And, you know, uh, to be over there and to be able to do our best to help them uh, was really an honor. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you look back and it's, it's one of those, those seminal moments in your life that you say, hey, I, I'm really glad I did that. And, you know, I'm really glad that I came home and, you know, I'm yeah. able to be here and, and have a, gr- a good job and a beautiful wife. And uh, I'm just extremely blessed.
2: Josh, I want to tell you, and I think I would concur here with Mike and uh, our listeners, we want to thank you for serving. That oh, was no, no That's no easy task with what, what you did. And, and I'm sure you you sensed, even through that time, how as a believer, God was protecting you and how God was directing you, and and, and our other soldiers, you know, even those who never yet have, have made that decision to trust Christ. Did you have some opportunities to share your faith there?
3: I did. Yeah. I did. Um, you know, I think that you know you interact with, with your soldiers on a daily basis, and, you know, they see how you act, they see, you know, that you go to church, and, and they kind of, you know, they hold you to a, a higher standard than mm-hmm. they would, you know, to their peers or to other other soldiers, so you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, opportunities to, uh, you know, mold people, and and help them understand sort of where I'm coming from, and you know, hopefully help them to have an encounter too that, you know, the Holy Spirit changes their, their life.
2: Mm. You know, Josh, we could have some uh, some high school kids or even younger kids listening, that that are playing ball and let's say they know the Lord and. And, and as, you know, we've talked on the program before, you know, Mike has mentioned, you know, sometimes even men, we get a little uh, nervous with with doing something, stepping out like that. What what would be some some words of encouragement you would give maybe to some of our listeners who know the Lord and uh, about the stance and the, the stand they take there for Christ?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say that if you're not in a local church, go find one today. Amen. And... Uh, if you are in a local church and you're not serving, call your pastor and tell him that you want to serve tomorrow. And,
1: well, I like you know, that. There's... It's a double amen.
3: <laughs> Man, I've never
1: seen Pastor Ken smile like that, Josh. I'm standing
2: up right now, Josh. Yes, I'm right yes, there yes. with you, ready to give you a standing up. You know he's going to be looking at his yeah.
1: cell phone all day Sunday to see if anybody calls him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you
3: know, and it's one of those things that, you know, you have to look at Jesus and say, hey, what did Jesus do? he could have come down and been like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you everybody who's under me what to do. And, and I'm, I'm the man. Cause he was the man, he is the man, but he said, no, I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve mankind. Yeah. And, you know, he, he set that example. And, you know, as, as the local church, as the church body, you know, that's the way that, you know, we are hardwired to, to operate is to serve each other, to serve in the local church. And when I say serve, I'm not talking about, you know, adding 30 hours to your week and, you know, making it a second job and all these things. I'm talking about, you know, understanding what your gifts are, what you're good at, and how that can contribute uh, to furthering the message that, that, uh, that people do. And, and, you know, that people, and, and, you know, the other thing too, I don't want to get into sort of a, a philosophical discussion here, but, you know, tithing is another, another thing that, that we talk about, right? Oh, yeah. And I think a lot, of, a lot of people who are saved and, and who have the Christian faith don't tithe either because, you know, oh, I, you know, I can't afford it or, you know, I, you know, I just, yeah, you know, I give a 20 here and there. But, you know, in the Bible, it says, you know, your, your heart is where your money is. That's right. And, you know, you and your contribution to, you know, the local buy and the local church is what keeps that church running. And, you know, God knows that. And that's why he said, hey, I want you to give your first 10%. I want to give, I want you to give your first fruits. (laughs) And he did that so that number one, your heart would be with that local church. But number two, he wants to bless you by doing that. And, you know, I guarantee you that if you start tithing, if you start giving your first 10%, even maybe 11% or 12%, and we call those offerings above the tithe, you know, you're going to see God do some amazing things in your life not only with uh, your family and, and those other things, but financially as well. And yeah. it, it's really kind of a backwards thought, right? Like, I give my money away, and I'm going to get more? Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, do you want to you come so. and preach this Sunday? Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got an airline
1: ticket from, from where you're at right here to Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, hey, tell us a little bit. We only have a short amount of time here in this segment. Um, King's Church uh, Pastor Noah Nickel, again, a Milwaukee guy. Um, is it a bigger church, smaller church?
3: Oh, we're a baby church. We yeah. uh, just had our year anniversary yesterday, or on, on Sunday. That's awesome. And we uh, we we have some really, really devoted folks that uh, came in very, very early and had all of these pictures of, of people that uh, you know we've taken pictures of uh, during the time. And we had the number 281 sort of plastered all over the church. And, and 281 represents 281 people that made life decisions, so that either uh, decided to make Jesus their Lord and Savior for the first time or recommitted their, their, their lives to Jesus. So really exciting stuff. We actually had 450 people uh, at that service uh, on, on, uh, on Sunday, and we're currently renting a space. And we are believing that we're going to find a permanent space here very soon.
1: Sounds good, man. That's that's what an exciting time to be part of King's Church. I mean, to, to oh. see to see the Lord work in in this, and to see the kind of numbers. Two hundred eighty-one is a great number. And I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me since a Milwaukee guy is leading that church that it's yeah. going the right, <laughs> right direction. Uh, I'm just kidding with that. Good, good for you guys. When, when uh, were were you at a different church before King's Church opened up, or or how did you get over there?
3: Yeah. So the so Pastor Noah, who is the guy from Milwaukee, he came from a place called Faith Family Church down in Canton, Ohio. Hmm. And when we had first moved back to Ohio, that was where. Uh, you know, we we started go to church, and you know, there's there's probably about 3,000 parishioners that that go there, and you know, that's where you know we, we plant our roots. And, and Pastor Noah uh, had a heart to plant a church in, in downtown Cleveland. So we, you know, being Clevelanders ourselves and, and commuting an hour to Canton, we're really excited that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're, clo- you're close to co- church. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's going to shorten our community a little bit, but. Uh, you know, it's just really, really a neat thing to watch people come in and say, hey, church is kind of fun. Music's good. You know, the message is great. You know, I feel the Holy Spirit here. It's it's really, really fun to watch.
2: Hey, Josh, we're about out of time. Uh, ch- uh, chapels, uh, military chapels, you were pretty faithful going to all of that during your, your stint in, your, in, in the yep. service? Okay.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep.
2: Hey, what— uh, the Indians are they? I, I know they
1: finally lost after winning for about a month and a half. You feel pretty good about uh, their chance to get back the World Series. You're still you're still having some sleepless nights over last year, I'm sure.
3: Well, yeah, we uh, we we pretty much took it on the chin last year. But my hope is two things: number one, that we bottle up some of these hits for the playoffs. Yep, <laughs> and that yep. our rotation stays healthy. If we can do do those two things, I think we'll be okay.
1: Well, I'm tired of the Cincinnati Reds beating my Milwaukee Brewers. Had it not been for the Reds here lately, the Brewers would uh, would be in the playoffs. Guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. He is uh, Josh Holden. He, again, a West Point guy, football, baseball, and he played with the Cincinnati Reds minor league system. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern, alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest, Josh Holton. Josh Holden, he is a former Cincinnati Reds minor leaguer, went to West Point, played football and baseball at West Point. In fact, he was an awfully good athlete, man, at West Point, doing some research. He was a uh, you're running back. Led, uh, I think, led the Patriot League in hitting. Your was it your senior year? Uh, junior year. Junior year. Junior year. Yep. And uh, man, did uh, some really good things playing sports at at West Point. Josh, we're right in the middle of of all of this. Uh, you know what what NFL players are going to do during the national anthem, and and I, I for one, thought it was kind of dying down a little bit, and. And our president kind of rekindled the fire on that thing. And now it's, it's, you can't turn on the radio, turn on the TV without hearing somebody's opinion on this. I have my own opinion. I'm sure Pastor has his opinion as well, but somebody like you that served two tours was a West Point graduate. I'm I'm just wondering what your opinion on that is.
3: Yeah, you know, it's a very, very difficult situation. and. You know, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into it. And and I think the first thing is is to not minimize what, uh, you know, what the struggle is for uh, people of color in in our country. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if, if you're not a minority, you really, you really can't know what it's like. And, you know, I I think the challenge to to myself and maybe to to some other people uh, would be to say, hey. You know, go find somebody that doesn't look like you and go listen to what they have to say and, you know, lather, rinse, and repeat. And, you know, that, I think that's, that's the first thing. I, and, I, you know, the second thing, though, I think there, there is, uh, you know, a, I, I read a statistic that only 0.4% uh, uh, of our American population has ever served uh, in, in the military. And, you know, that's, that's uh, a different dynamic than it, that, that has ever existed in our country before. And, you know, I think that that, I think, contributes to some of the misunderstanding of what our, our flag stands for. Uh, you know, it doesn't stand for a president. It doesn't stand uh, for a particular, you know, person in office. It stands for all the, the people that uh, came before us that, you know, helped keep this country free. So you know, I, I think there's you know a lot to this to this discussion to this issue, uh, and you know it, it certainly bears having that conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I I do I agree with that. I agree with everything you, you said. I I'm I'm just I'm, I'm struggling because if, if for me personally, if if what. The message is, I, I think we're losing the message at this point. All anybody is talking about is are they kneeling? Are they standing? Are they in the locker room? Are they holding hands? Are they crossing arms? Are they? But I think the message of where this started and what it meant has been lost. And the other part that I struggle with, guys, is. If if this uh, there was a Green Bay Packer, they said why? They asked him why are you kneeling? He said uh, for Puerto Rico. <laughs> That's he for Puerto Rico, and so I'm kind of lost as to what, like okay, what is the message now? Can we get back to that, and can we sit down and have a? I don't think we can have an honest conversation about it. To be honest with you, Josh, I don't. I I don't think. I don't think that that people can be 100% honest with each other about this kind of stuff. Because what will happen is there'll be an argument and somebody will call the other a racist and everything gets turned down. That's the end of it. The conversation is over. And so I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but I, I think I know what the problem is. And we can't even have the conversation about it now. I, I drive two young men to school every day, two African-American kids, Anthony Blake and his brother Anthony. And one's a freshman in high school, one's a senior in high school. And the last two days, this is all we've talked about. And the younger, he's a freshman in high school. I said, "What? what's your thought on this? And he said, well, I, I think we have a freedom. You know, we live in America. We should be free to, to, to talk about this and should be able to say this and do this. And and I said, well, let me – look, Here's here's my feeling – if you're a Chicago Bear and you want to go to a Blackhawk game, a Cubs game, a Bulls game, a White Sox game, and you want to shave your head and rip your shirt off and kneel during the anthem, then go ahead and do it. But but at that point, you're not on company time. But if I own this football team, you don't have to sing, but you have to stand. And I'll tell you why. And I, and I would tell them my feelings on it. And and I don't know if then we get to we get to get. To, to, to second base because then they're upset with what the rule is the guys that want to kneel and and I don't know how we get around it Josh I don't
3: yeah yeah jo-
2: josh no, I, I think oh, oh go ahead josh. well uh, you you have probably seen this before Josh but when when my brother graduated from the Army Rangers I went to his graduation. And they had the Star Spangled Banner, and, you know, I'm just in civilian clothes. I'm a civilian, you know, and I'm just there for, you know, the ceremony and all. And, I mean, these guys were, man, statue-like, you know, correct with the flag and saluting the flag. And I kid you not, I have never forgotten this day. The colonel or the lieutenant who came up to give the address, he ripped the civilians that were there. He said, "Are you telling me?" He goes, "Let me tell. Let me give you a little etiquette. When you hear the f- Star-Spangled Banner and you see the flag," he said, "Even as a civilian, your hand is supposed to be over your heart." And I tell you what, he got my attention like no one's ever got my attention about the Star-Spangled Banner and the flag. And I'm always amazed when I go to a ball game. You can see those that have an understanding or have a military background. You know, because my whole family was military. My dad, my brother. And I picked it up real quick that that takes—I mean, your allegiance goes to that, and that's how I grew up. And I mean, so this has just been shocking to me.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's It's been definitely, a, uh, you know, something that—it's it's difficult. I mean, there's there's a lot of discussion on both sides. And you know, to relate this back to sort of a, a biblical point, um, you know, if you— Are saved, for instance, and you, you know, you should, you know, in in theory, you know, you should want to be obedient because, you know, that's that's our our faith, you know, helps us to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, if we put rules and regulations and and you know, say, hey, you know, you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way, you know, that you're getting back to sort of the reason why Jesus came, right, to, to eliminate all that law and all of that, all of those requirements that the Jews had to do to, to please God. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not to say that, and, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, this kneeling is, is, is correct. Uh, personally, I don't believe it is. But, you know, it, I think it comes down to, you know, understanding what the flag stands for. Um, and that, you know, it's not a... You know, you do have a choice whether you want to stand or not. But, you know, if you understand what that flag really does stand for, uh, I think you would. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what the number one NFL jersey is right now for sale?
1: I don't. Kaepernick. Vill- oh, the kid, the guy from yeah, Pittsburgh. From, from, from Pittsburgh. He just stepped back on that.
2: Yeah. Well, he said sta- he, he shouldn't
1: have been out there. He's yeah. got to stay with his team. Yeah. I. I. It's just hard, man. It's hard. We're gonna get back to. But Let, let's get back. Right, let's to go back to yeah. hey, what was nine. exciting Look, to you Josh, in high school. <laughs> no, Josh, what's your favorite verse?
3: My favorite verse, by uh, Joshua one nine.
2: Oh, is, I love it. Uh, you know, our, our country needs courageous. that. What well, hey. quote? that for us. Yeah, let's quote it.
3: Be strong, courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.
1: Exactly, man. That's an Army boy right there, Yeah, right? That is that is an Army boy. Yeah, were your parents, they must have been really proud when you made the decision to go to West Point?
3: Yeah, dad's, you know, beating his chest. Mom is really scared. Yep. Yeah. That's way,
1: the way most. The <laughs> <West Point laughs> exactly. I can we'll concur with that. <laughs> well, your dad was a high school football coach. Did you play for him?
3: I did. I did.
1: Well, was that difficult? Yeah, was that a good, good time for you guys, or was that a difficult time?
3: You know, it was a great time. Um, You know, there's always kind of tension because, uh, you know, there's a, and and Mike, I know you've probably experienced this before, but when there's a coach that has a son that's on a a team, you know, there's always a, a tension that exists that, hey, the kids shouldn't be playing because his dad's the coach, you know, all these, all these different things. And fortunately, you know, by the time I was a senior, those, those discussions sort of went away. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right
3: but uh you know it, it was just a great experience to, to be able to share uh you know a, a football season with with my dad and, and him being intimately involved with what was going on and sort of being there on the day-to-day and understanding kind of struggles that I was going through and, and what our team was was going through and you know it's just a, a really really cool experience and, and I hope one day that you know, if I ever have kids, that I'd be
1: able to to do that as well. That's awesome. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk quickly about Josh's platform that the Lord has given him. And, and um, boy, I, for me personally, to talk to somebody that, that played football and baseball at West Point, also played in the Cincinnati Reds minor league system, the Lord's given him a great platform uh, to utilize. And we'll get to that on the other side of the break. Our special guest, Josh Holden. Again, former West Point multi-sport athlete and a former minor leaguer with the Cincinnati Reds. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Special guest Josh Holden. He's a former uh, West Point. Multi-sport athlete, football and baseball, played in the Cincinnati Reds minor league system. Josh, I I wanted to just have a short segment here, but when you were at West Point and certainly in the minor leagues with with the Cincinnati Reds, Lord gave you a great platform to be able to spread his word. Were you able to utilize that platform?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I think where a lot of uh, Christian struggle is, you know, how do I share my faith? Like, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel embarrassed about that. I feel like, you know, I don't know enough doctrine. I'm not, you know, a biblical expert. You know, I, I shouldn't have the ability to share my faith, but you know, I, you know, when I got to this sort of realization that, Hey, there's really only two things that I need. And the, you know, the first is, you know, the ability to connect with somebody. So, you know, you can always find something in common with with another person that you can say, "Hey, yeah, I, I went through that same thing." And you know, you know, that's that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, having you know a place to to take them, you know, a church, for instance, that you know they can have an experience. And <clears throat> you know, one of the things that uh, you know we always talk about at church is that the you know, we church isn't a, a courtroom. It's not a courtroom. It's a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not a judge. I'm not the jury. I'm not here to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm just a witness. And I'm telling you, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. And, you know, let me take you to a place where maybe you can have an encounter with him as well. And I, you know, I think that's the best, you know, evangelizing advice that I ever got. Be yourself. And, you know, put them in, in a position where they can have an experience with Jesus.
2: Yeah. Someone once said, it was like one beggar telling another beggar where he can get find some crumbs. And I always, uh, always, uh, thought that's right on when, when I, when I came to know the Lord, man, I'm just thankful someone shared it with me and I want to share it with someone else that needs to know it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, (laughs) uh, that's good stuff, Josh. When, uh, when, when you did do that, and, and I think you're right, it, it doesn't—sometimes, it, in fact, and I'm, I'm really guilty of this, sometimes we overthink it, and when you talked about not being a biblical scholar and, and not being real strong sometimes in this area, I think that there's a lot of Christian men that have that same feeling, and when they get into that where there's a chance the door might open just a little bit— They might not walk through the door because they're afraid of some of the questions they're going to get, rather than to just be comfortable in in where their belief is at and try to bring somebody along with them.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and I think what you got to remember, too, is that you're not God, you're not the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's not your job to save somebody. Your only job is to share your story and put them in a position where the Holy Spirit can work. And
2: that's it. Absolutely. And
3: I, and I think I think people put too much pressure on themselves to say, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta save this guy." You know, I'm, I'm, no man. It's not, it's not your job. Exactly. You got someone else who does that.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Hey,
1: Josh, you, you talked earlier about maybe having kids one day. Are you married? I am married. Congratulations. Yes.
3: Thank you. I've been married for a little over seven years now.
1: Man, you got a long way to go, man. Mm-hmm. You got a long way to go to catch Pastor Heller and his (laughs) wife, Kathy, and my wife, Terry, and I. We've been at it 30 some years. How long have you been at it? 34. I think we're around that, too. Yeah, 34. I better know that, huh? Yeah, Mike. I'm hoping Terry's not listening. You know the date, don't you? Yeah, I do know the date. Yeah, June 11th. Oh, there you go. Well, June I'll la- tell you
3: guys, if we were in Hollywood, I'd be doing, I'd, it'd be like 40 years. I'm, I'm doing
1: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you've tripled most of those marriages. Oh, yeah, man. And man, you, I'm no Ohio, doubt.
3: We're like, we're like the, the long standing couple down there.
1: Yeah. Where did you guys meet?
3: We met uh, in Texas when I was stationed in Fort Hood. I was a young lieutenant, and she was a college student. Yeah.
1: And, and you got her to move to Ohio?
3: I know. I'm a great salesman, Man, salesman. you are you
1: are definitely a great salesman. Hey, we've only got a couple of minutes left, Pastor. Oh, I know yeah. you love asking oh, this. Yeah.
2: I love asking this question. So, okay. So, what what's your highlight in sports? Whether you were at the the Reds, or whether it was at West Point. I mean, what what was your highlight? You look back that you're you're gonna want to tell your kids one day. You know that that whole that old phrase. You know, the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> yeah, what what yeah. what one phrase? I mean, what is it you're gonna tell? Game, a, a, uh, yeah. a play, yeah. something. What what, what 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 was it for you, Josh?
3: So you know, it's interesting because it's actually a game that I was injured for, and <laughs> it was my junior year that we beat Navy and. Uh, it was back in 2001, and we just broke the streak this past year in 2016.
2: Yeah, I watched that one.
3: Uh, yep, yep. So it was a game that I I I'd gotten injured the game before and I couldn't play, and that is my my uh, athletic highlight in my career for sure.
1: Hey, what you always you always hear about the atmosphere for that game. Josh, do you remember um, playing in that game or being part of the, your freshman year and what that was like?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, it's it's uh, it's electric. I mean, you talk about two teams who, uh, you know, desperately, desperately, desperately want to beat each other, right? And, you know, there's also kind of an undertone that, you know, for the seniors, you know, this is their last opportunity to play college football. And it's almost a, a seminal growing up moment, right? I mean, now it's, it's no longer we're in school. It's like this is real. And, you know, as those kids graduate, they're going to uh, be the defenders of our country and taking care of our sons and daughters as, as we go to war. So I, I think there's a, you know, a, a deeper meaning to that game uh, <laughs> opposed uh, other rivalries in college football.
2: Well, it's like brother going against brother, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no, not that day. Uh, no, not, uh, that
1: day. Oh, not that day? Not that day. Uh-uh. Hey, boys, we've got to get to uh – Got to wrap this thing up. Uh, what a what a good young man. Josh, if you ever get up to the Wisconsin area, please let us know. Pastor Ken Kellner, you know those pastors that make all that money. He'll take us to lunch. I'll get you a hot dog. He'll get us a hot dog <laughs> and a coupon for a small fry. Uh, but if you ever come up this way, man, you let us know. Uh, keep up the good work, young man. I I, I wish, uh, wish you the very best, and thank you so much for your time.
3: Mike, it was a pleasure, and you guys are running a great, a great show here, and just just keep doing it. It's awesome.
1: Thank you very Thank much. You Josh. He, he's Josh Holden. Uh, Pastor, it's good to see you again. I'll see you next
2: week. You will see me next week, Mike. That's
0: I'll
1: be, awesome. I'll
2: be right here with you. This is Faith in the
1: Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m., To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace now?